Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Good morning and welcome to the other side of midnight. Frank Morano has a well-deserved day off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in. Redemption and second chances. Very much so before the nation right now as it relates to our first guest. And we are hitting the ground running. Jim McGreevy, the former New Jersey governor, most well-known for his stunning resignation and public admission that he is a gay American in 2004. He admitted to an affair with a male staffer before stepping down nearly 20 years ago and is now considering a run for mayor of Jersey City, New Jersey, in 2025, Governor McGreevy, it is so nice to chat with you. And where do you believe, Governor, that your story begins? Oh, Lord, Dominic, I, I, I guess it begins in Jersey City, born in Margaret Hague Hospital, which was, you know, named for the Hague family, the great former mayor of Jersey City, Mayor Hague, and then baptized at St. Patrick's Parish in Jersey City, where my mom and dad got married. So if you go back to the beginning, I, I guess that's where it would be, is Margaret Egg Hospital in St. Patrick's Parish. Um, and then, you know, as, as Governor Byrne used to joke, then, you know, either you were baptized or registered as a Democratic first. I don't know which came first. Anyway. <laughs> so, so Governor, in looking at the span of your life, what stands out to you? 
You know, that's a great question, Tom. I, I, you know, um, you know, I, I think, you know, in life, you know, one of the most important things is the opportunity to make every day better than the next. It's to be thankful for the family you have. And for me, it's two extraordinary daughters. Um, it's being blessed with two wonderful parents that were loving and supportive. Um, in fact, tonight, today is my mom's birthday, and I you know, had the occasion to stop by and put some flowers on her grave and just understand the sacrifices that they made. It's, it's, um, and to be blessed to live in the greatest country in the world and um, to try to make life a little bit better for, for not only for your children but for other children families, communities, and, and for me, the city of Jersey City. You, you know, Governor McGreevy, and we're going to get to what you've been doing um, in the last couple of years, because I've, I've had a keen eye on you, watching you do enormous work with the community, enormous uh-huh. work, giving people second chances. So I, I guess before I get to the, the negative, why why have you decided to try and help and not just try, you've done so, so many people, and frankly, so many African-Americans and Latinos. Yeah, but it, 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 it's, Dominic, it's, you know, as the old spiritual says, you know, we fall down, but we get up. And Indeed. it's, Indeed. I mean, a lot of, we have a lot of veterans. I mean, candidly, our veteran cases are our toughest cases. Guys and gals coming back from whether it's whether it was Afghanistan or Iraq who had multiple deployments saw and confronted a lot of trauma both in terms of the weapons they used and the challenges that they confronted i mean people don't know this dominic but in the united states today um veterans have the highest incidence of suicide the highest incidence of homelessness and um, th- there's a lot of pain there. So for people particularly that have gone for multiple deployments, coming home, trying to make sense of their lives, working diligently to try to you know, fit back into civilian mentality, you find some veterans who, who have extraordinary difficulties. And that's what uh, New Jersey Reentry Corporation does. We work with veterans. We work with people coming home from addiction treatment, people coming home from prison, from jail. And so it's it's understanding, Dominic, in the book of life that, you know, people face challenges in their lives. And if they have a strong family that's loving, if they have a strong faith that can support them, many times they can get through that. But for a lot of young people today, I mean, whether it's addiction and mental health, I mean, candidly, uh, they may not have that support network. And so they need uh, folks, and that's what New Jersey Reentry does, um, who places them in addiction treatment, provides them with the mental health support, um, ensures that they have a safe, warm bed, um, and then eventually, God willing, trains them in a, in a towards employment, whether it's HVAC or General Electric or welding or phlebotomy or culinary arts or cosmetology, it's understanding that a social, the best social welfare program in the world 
is a job, is consistency, is self-respect. But for a lot of folks coming back, and, and I say veterans, addiction treatment, incarceration, it's tough. And so our whole goal is we have over 21,000, we call them program participants, uh, that go through our program, and we try to lift them up, put them in the right direction, uh, give them guidance, but also, God willing, give them the discipline and support that they can keep making the next right decision. So that's important. And, and they get there, Dominic, and that's what's reassuring. My sister just um, worked with a veteran who was on the street and homeless for seven years. Wow. And now he has his own apartment. Um, he just began a job. But, you know, you have to sort of redirect the behavior and redirect the behavior towards a healthy place. And that's what we try to do at New Jersey Reentry Corporation. Well, we, we're going to focus on all the other stuff in just a second. But, folks, we are chatting with the former governor of New Jersey, Jim McGreevy, who resigned in scandal some 20 years ago after coming out as a gay American. He has spent several years since then running a highly successful and touted statewide prison reentry program and is considering a return to politics, a run for mayor of Jersey City, New so, Jersey. So, so I, I should I should say, Dominic, I should have my head examined. But you know, if I can just you know, why being mayor is so important. Go for it. Go for it, Governor. Yeah, no, I think for me, Dom, it's three reasons. I mean, one, it's, you know, I was mayor of Woodbridge, and it's the level of being, the level of government. You can really make a difference in people's lives. You can really make a change, um, whether it's, you know, making sure that a street is well paved, um, making sure that traffic is, it runs smoothly, um, working to control property taxes, which is a, a problem in Jersey City, or making sure that, you know, educational system, uh, you're providing uh, the fullest opportunities for, for young people. So the first thing is, it's the level of government where the rubber hits the road and it's, 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 you can materially see and witness the changes in people's lives. I think the second thing is um, Jersey City is at an interesting point. Um, you've got all this tremendous, you know, development downtown and some of it candidly is, is a little pricey and um, six thousand uh, dollars a month for an apartment rental and then wow. you've got other areas in the city uh, in Greenville Lafayette which are really which are still challenged down, challenged by crime challenged by um, the need for greater reinvestment so you have a, a a bit of a tension between two cities between the downtown city right across from New York City and sort of the older neighborhood, which incidentally my parents are from and my grandparents are from. So I have that, you know, sort of emotional attachment to try to make sure you have investment, but in workforce and affordable housing, which is so critically important because, you know, a realtor told me the other day, Dominic, that somebody was looking at a two bedroom condominium and the taxes on it were $34,000 a year. Wow. And so that's, that's more than, than the folks that go through the reentry program will, will earn a year so that, you know, if we want to keep 
Jersey City affordable, we have to make sure you have the right level of balance. So the first reason is because I loved being mayor. It's the level of government where you're you're hands-on and you can make a difference. Um, and then the second is is that I see a tale of two cities, and you would like to make sure that that the city works for everyone. And then there are the specific issues. I mean, the specific issues of traffic, the specific issues of cleanliness, the specific issues of affordability, um, the specific issues of making an apprenticeship education system so that if not everybody's going to go on to college, Dominic, that that and Frank and I have had this conversation that somebody can go on to become a plumber or HVAC or general electrician or phlebotomy, making sure that people have the skills so they can compete in the workforce. And I think that's important. Governor McGreevy, I, I've got to take a break in a minute or so. But what I was going to ask you, and we'll we'll get to the other stuff in a moment, but, you know, I, I've watched you for a couple of years, and I've watched you with You've these, watched me for longer than a couple of th- years. Th- this is true, Governor, but with the former uh, inmates that have been released, the Second Chance programs, these are hardcore people. You're not going to fool them. They can, they, can, they can recognize a phony walking into the yep. room. And they treat you like a rock star. I have watched this over and over and over and over again, where, frankly, sometimes you're the only white guy in the room. Explain that to me, this connection. <laughs> well, you know, I think, you know, I think, you know, the good Lord made us all pretty much the same when we, as someone once said to me, when we bleed, we all bleed red. And, 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 and I think that, you know, I was blessed with a great mother who was a nurse. My dad was a Marine Corps DI. And and my dad used to say to me, Dom, you know, if he had, like, he went into the Marine Corps after his brother, my uncle, who I'm named after, Jimmy died in Iwo Jima. And my dad got in a little trouble with the law. And my, my dad my dad said, used to say that, you know, if he didn't go into the court, he didn't know where he would wind up. And just as an anecdote, one day he spoke to these guys in court because, you know, I was doing reentry. And he talked about, like, you know, the Marines slept on the ground and the Navy had the nice barracks. This was in Guam on the way over to, to Japan, you know, World War II. And then he was in Korea. And then he would tell the guys how he would steal the Navy jeeps and, you know, and all the stories. And at the end of it, the judge said, Mr. McGreevy, thank you for the service. I can only tell the guys just to forget everything Mr. McCreevy just said. Because, you know, he was, he was a knock-around guy from the Lafayette section of Jersey City. You know, but the Marine Corps changed his life for good. I mean, it gave him direction. It gave him purpose. So Agreed. I think what what I understand in life is that, you know, we all share we all share a sense of community. We all share a common common need. And let me just say, when I was when I was in seminary and I was up at the Exodus Transitional Ministry and, and you know, one of the things that I saw when guys coming out of prison, um, you know, Abraham Maslow has that hierarchy of needs. So, we, you know, you want food, you want shelter, uh, medicine, um, but most important and fundamentally, you want family and love and community. So those are cravings, not not cravings in an unhealthy way, 
But those are basic needs. I guess that would be a better word, Dom. And so if you understand that, you can help rebuild lives. And when I see, you know, when I see guys, you know, 42 guys, you know, signing up for UPS or Federal Express, when I see, you know, 67 guys getting a job at a ShopRite, as, you know, throughout New Jersey and rebuild their lives. And I, I walk in and, and they've, they've been trained and they're, they're, you know, they're slicing meats or they're, or they're working in an apprenticeship training program. Or I see young woman taking blood for, as a phlebotomist and, you know, they had a chance and they had direction and they had training. So, um, you know, there's some folks that are bad that will, probably should be in prison the entirety of their lives. But overwhelmingly, a lot of folks didn't have the opportunities I had. And and so just giving them that opportunity and holding them, God willing, accountable. And also, bluntly, Dominic, you know, when people look at, and I don't want to talk too long, but when people talk about drugs, you know, and, and whether it's our young kids um, frankly, take drugs because they're bored or folks who take it because they can't, you know, they're having problems getting through it. That's where I think for me, faith is so important, being in a healthy, loving place. And that's where we try to move people to in, in terms of reentry. And you are listening to the other side of midnight. Frank Morano has the morning off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in. Wait, who we gave Morano off? That's what I want to know. Who gave Morano <laughs> off? He's probably he'll be at, back. He'll be back tomorrow, Governor. I, I, I know. I know. I know. You're a big fan of his, and he's a big fan of yours. Big Morano fan. <laughs> all well, I know we are is chatting. He, he married up. That's all I can say. <laughs> His wife, Rachel, is a great, great woman. Their their son, Carmine, the kid yep. looks like a model governor. But let me take this break. We are chatting with former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy, who resigned in scandal some 20 years ago, now seeking to come back as possibly as mayor of Jersey City, New Jersey. We will be right back. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other side of midnight, Frank Morano has the morning off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in. We are chatting with former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy. And Governor, I, I, I do want to ask you this because I think that many of us want to know. So in 2004, I would imagine this was the hardest thing you had to do, but I want to hear in your words. 
after announcing to your, I believe, your second wife and also to the world that you were gay with a man who worked for you, was that the toughest thing you ever had to do, Governor? Um, you know, I obviously that was difficult, but I, I obviously it was difficult, difficult for your family, difficult for me, difficult for the state. But at the same time, it was also um, very, I don't know what the right word is, freeing or the, you know, I guess the most important word is truthful. So in, in that sense, it it gave you the ability. I, I remember um, an old friend of mine said to me, uh, you know, that the most important thing is, is that you you live your truth and that you're, you're grateful for each day. So, you know, I, I think that it was, it was a healthy, it was a, it was a very difficult period in my time, but it was also a blessing. And by blessing, I meant is that if I didn't go through that, Dominic, I wouldn't have had the appreciation, like sort of understanding people that are suffering from addiction understanding guys and gals that made a wrong decision. I mean, my friend Calvin, you know, spent 38 years in prison. He was 14 years old. He was found guilty of felony murder. He never touched a knife. He never touched a gun, but he was driving the the getaway car in a, in a felony murder um, and served all these years. And so he comes out after all those years and has dedicated himself to, you know, candidly getting young guys um, in line, um, having them understand the importance of making the right decision. So for me, it was it was it was a tough period, but it was also, you know, a place of grace. Um, and somebody said um, once said it was, um, a, you know, a, a religious religious person once said is where you trip. Uh, I think that's where your treasure lies. Um, and so you learn about yourself and you reflect and you, you try to be the best possible person you can be. And God willing, you learn from your mistakes and you move forward. So, um, you know, I, I think I look at my daughters, I look at my parents, I look at reentry, I look at, you know, trying to make life hopefully better for people being a hands-on. I was a hands-on mayor in Woodbridge for 10 years. I think hopefully the people will say that I did a pretty good job and I give a darn and I I work really hard. Um, And so those are the virtues you take with you and, and uh, to live your truth, to live your truth, honestly, is, is, is a blessing. Governor McGreevy, you resigned decades before same-sex marriage was legal. And I once read that you thought you were doing the, quote, right thing by hiding your sexuality. Is that accurate? Well, I think, um, you know, not, you know and, and I realize different people have different views, but, you know, all, all that I can share is, is that, I am who I am, not because I want to be, although I'm obviously in a very different place than I was when I was like 15 or, or, or 12 or, or even 
25 or 27, um, that, you know, it's a period of, it's a place of self-acceptance, but I am who I am, how, how, you know, what I believe that God made me and just, just, I just ask people if they know somebody, if they, you know, a son or daughter, it's, it's, um, you know, for, for me, it was, I, I knew it when I was, you know, five or six years old, I had a better sense of eight or nine. So that, that was my reality. And so, um, and so that I, I just ask people um, if they have a son or daughter, if they have a niece or nephew or, or brother, sister. I mean, part of it is just understanding that um, people struggle, but to be honest and to be open and to God willing, accept people's truths as it is. And, and that's important. Um, and to and to and to help people live healthy, good lives. In observing you for several years with the prisoners in the reentry program and with others, I, 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 you're so popular, Governor McGreevy. And I think you know that I don't say something unless I really believe it. But <laughs> th- that's sure. the luxury of being covering politics for forty years, right? Yeah. So I, I believe that you are so popular that. I could see you as the governor of New Jersey again. Do oh, you Lord. ever see yourself as being the governor of New Jersey no. again? Um, it's just, you know, that's the level of government. You know, I love on the local level because you can make a difference. You can make sure a road is paved. You can make a street light work. You can make sure that there's a stop sign. You can help control property taxes that are going through the roof. You can make sure, like, you know, you can work to make, you know, education even better. But, like, when you're in the state house, so much of it is about, you know, bluntly, and I guess it has to be about dollars and moving money and, and big dollars across a wide range of areas. And so I think for me, with, you know, what what's rewarding is to, you know, I, I remember when I first ran for mayor, uh, Woodbridge, I went door to door and you go block to block to block. And then by the, my last time, I'd still go door to door, but I'd wind up in everybody's house having dinner, you know, whether it was for <laughs> 20 minutes or 45 minutes or, but like by that time I knew everybody's family, their mothers, their fathers, their kids. And, and we all have the same problems and with the same challenges, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, your children you worry about, whether it's an elderly parent who's maybe facing some tough health care decisions. And that's what's rewarding is supporting people trying to make the best decisions, trying to have the best quality of life. I mean, you can't you can't stave off all the the unfortunate realities of life, but you can help people make the best, healthiest decisions in the right way. And that's, that's what's rewarding to me is that level of government um, where you're touching people's hearts, you're touching people's kitchens and living rooms and dining rooms and, and their lives. And that's, you know, that's community. That's, that's why people, whether, you know, you go to a church or you go to a mosque or you go to a temple, you know, and whatever faith tradition, it's about people coming together. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's what's, 
That's what people need in their lives. And that's why, candidly, Dom, I get worried about some of these young kids. I was with a fellow gentleman last night at a Christmas party, and he told me his daughter has an addiction. And I said, you know, and I'm not, you know, like pushing a faith, but I'm saying, well, does she go to, like, church or uh, temple? And does she go? And he goes, no, she, she doesn't go to anything. But, I mean, I think having a sense of community, whatever it is, whether it's AA or NA or you know, a mosque or a temple or a church, having a community outside of yourself is good, is healthy, is supportive. And and that it is for me, and I'm not saying it's for everyone, but I see so many young people that are struggling, and I see the, the rates of addiction and the fentanyl with heroin. Dom, that stuff, three, three uses of fentanyl can change the neural passageways in the mind for a lifetime. I mean, the fentanyl is so brutally toxic. It's a synthetic opioid that's coming from China, that's being cut in Mexico, that's now in everything. You know, and that's what scares me. Um, You know, the fentanyl is in is in cocaine it's in it's in pills it's in heroin i mean like i we look at we we actually test our guys and gals there's no heroin dumb in the heroin anymore there's literally no heroin in that in the quote-unquote heroin it's fentanyl governor mcgreevy i want you to continue but because we only have a few minutes left here sure you know as i look back you were the first one years ago when i was covering your programs that you were ringing the alarm bell about fentanyl, about how bad it was. And I remember at the time I said, well, Governor McGreevy, he may be fudging it a bit. And now we're finding out just a little bit of this can kill you instantly. And and it's so like it's literally for, for people to understand. It's four grains of sand. That's how big it is. You die. Three grains you live. I mean, they had kids from one of the military academies in Florida a couple of years ago. A buddy had taken um, a narcotic, and obviously a fentanyl. His, his friend, his buddy was giving mouth to mouth, and then he had respiratory failure. Thankfully, he lived, but just, or, or these dogs. So, I mean, it's just touching. Remember, fentanyl was designed. There's legal fentanyl and there's illegal fentanyl. The legal fentanyl was designed for to alleviate pain in the last stages of life for for brutally chronic painful diseases. But the illegal fentanyl, you know, isn't made by a chemist from a pharmaceutical company. It's made offshore and then cut into these drugs. And so when I say, you know, in my generation, Dominic, you know, whether, you know, you'd go out and you drink wine or whiskey or or Jägermeister, whatever it was, I mean, alcohol, but this fentanyl is so powerful. And that's why I pray to these kids. I say to these parents, you have to tell these kids no, because you have to know. And you can show them the science and these kids want to see, you know, that it's not an opinion, but just look at the reality of what it is. And it's tough. And that's why I just ask parents to tell their kids the danger of this fentanyl. Governor McGreevy, I, I have two minutes left. And I really got to wrap this up here. You once, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was thought that, that you had the White House in sight in years past. You don't have a problem going from being governor back to mayor? No. I, you know, at the end of the day, Dom, as you get older, God willing, you get a little bit wiser. So, you you know, you follow the your spirit. You follow what 
you know, for me, what you believe in, in your life is, is what you think is, you know, you're searching to do what's, what's right. And so, no, it's, it's, it's the level of government that I think I can make the best difference on the def- and I can be hands on and people will know I'll, I'll work 24 seven and, and I'll like, I'll give my life's blood to make this thing work. So, and yeah, so, my- I mean, like, you know, you know, as, as I, I shouldn't joke about this, but governor Byrne used to say he wanted to be buried in Jersey city so he can stay active in democratic politics. <laughs> um, you know, the old, you know, Hudson County, but I just think is, you know, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, this is my last act, and I, I think I could be really good at it. I'm hands-on. I'm accountable. I love Jersey City. I love the people. I love the community. I love the blocks, the streets, the neighborhoods. And I will work my hardest, my darndest, to make this city work as best as it can be, as efficient, and squeeze the best. You know, make sure that every tax dollar works and is responsible. Last question, Governor Jim McGreevy. It's my understanding that nine of the county's 12 mayors have publicly endorsed your candidacy, and you're about to kick off uh, listening sessions. It reminds me of uh, when Hillary Clinton did her listening tour. In conclusion, (laughs) is that what you're about to do? Well, no, but I just, you want to just want to listen what people say. You want to listen to what communities say. And like, and I love like, you know, whether it's the seniors or whether it's young people, it's just my, my dad used to say, you know, that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we listen twice as much as we talk so that if you're going to be a really good mayor, you've got to listen. And so, um, but I also want to wish everybody, you know, a blessed Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I just wanted to just wish everybody, you know, to be thankful for the gifts in our lives, thankful for the gift of this day, and God willing, provide some service to your neighbor, neighbor, so you'll leave our community, this world, a little bit, our nation, a little bit better off. Former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy, thank you for joining the Dom, other side you. of midnight, and give, I will send your regards to Frank Morano. Give the Staten Island Italian my best. <laughs> Thank you, Governor McGreevy. All right. God bless. Thanks, Tom. Former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy seeking to return to public life, elective life, considering running for the mayor of Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm Dominic Carter in for Frank Morano. Frank has a well-deserved morning off. This is the other side of midnight. When we come back, we're going to take your telephone calls. The number to reach us this morning, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. The Other Side of Midnight. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.
other side of midnight with Frank Morano. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten, glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. And uh, you are listening, folks, to the other side of midnight. Frank Morano has the morning off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in with you, and we are taking your calls from around the country. We just heard from former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy resigned in scandal some 20 years ago as after he came out as uh, being a gay American. And some 20 years later, he's seeking to return to public life in terms of running for the mayor of Jersey City, New Jersey. So let me tell you, folks, what we have coming up this morning. A great show. We really have a great show. Coming up at 2 a.m., the 2 a.m. hour, we will talk the issue of breast cancer. It's a follow-up with a woman out of Florida, New Jersey. She happens to be a friend of mine. Her name is Tammy Tucci. And the reason why we are doing this follow-up with her this morning here on the other side of midnight is because today is December 18th, 2023, a week from Christmas, two days from now, the 20th of December. She is having a life, if you will, altering surgery. 48 hours from now, she will have a double mastectomy in the state of Florida. So we're following her story. Tamara Tucci, she's going to join me during the uh, 2 a.m. hour. And we're going to follow up with her if she's up to it throughout the process. It's a very serious surgery. Two days from now, five days from Christmas, part of her body, she's going to lose her breasts. And uh, we will discuss that with her. Something that's very personal in nature. We will hear her story. The 3 a.m. hour, we will be talking with political consultant Hank Scheinkoff on the presidential race. Hank Scheinkoff is uh, national in scope, and he has said, uh, going back almost a year ago, that this election looked like it was going to lean towards Trump. And that's exactly what has been happening. We'll talk to Hank Scheinkoff, the 3 a.m. hour, the 4 a.m. hour, here on the other side of midnight with Frank Morano, Dominic Carter filling in. An issue that really bothers me happens to be youth violence around the country. 
crime impacting every community within the sound of my voice. And we're going to talk to someone who's been on the front line, the former Correction Officers Union President Norman Seabrook. We're going to talk to him about crime and some young people that are out of control. But for the next uh, 10 minutes, you and I will be talking with each other. I'll be taking your telephone calls, 800-848-9222. Let's go to James in Queens, New York. Good morning, James. You are on the other side of midnight. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Go right ahead, please. Uh, I just want to say I think this on uh, that mayor. I'm not into positive okay. politics. Go- Governor, Governor McGreevy, okay. Yes, I think he make a good candidate. We need him in New York. But what people don't realize, they put these titles on these different guys. It's only time like the mayor, the president, and all. Of, but everybody makes mistakes, and, and then you regroup. I think he did a good job. He reminds me of a... Uh, Judge Matthews that I watch every day, a second chance. And I think he deserves a second chance. He should try to go for the governor or mayor, and I hope he gets it. And, uh, you know, it brought tears to my eyes, all the things that he's helping the fellows out, helping people regroup, get their life together. You need more people out there, besides being a government or mayor, just as a human being, more people out there helping the youth and helping people with a second chance. Some people you can't help, but I think he did. He he did a good job. Wow. I, I want to ask you. I, um, other than um, he gave the um his his um, partner the job that that's what they're complaining about. Because I don't see he did nothing wrong. Well, it it was a huge scandal at the time, and okay. let let let's go back. First of all, James, I I love what you said because again, in life we all fall down. The question is, do you get back up? And in watching McGreevy, McGreevy for the last, what, 15 years has been out there helping people that are down on their luck. And I think you know what I mean, James. People people that have uh, been recently released from prison that Mm -hmm. no one else would give a shot to. And I watched this guy up close. And the first things I'm looking for is is he a phony is 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 this a uh is this a scam just to get back in politics and, and no 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 as a journalist that's the first things i'm looking for and mm-hmm. and i never got that from mcgreevy you could tell that he was comfortable i mean he would he would oftentimes james be in communities that nobody wanted to go to and mm-hmm. and he would be be there smiling and 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 shaking hands and trying to lift people up Really trying to lift people up, and so you're right. Uh, we we do need people that are willing to step up and uh, help others. And I I honestly feel that McGreevy has earned this second chance. And um, I I didn't want to push him in the interview, but if you listen carefully, he didn't fully answer the question about whether he would like to one day return to be governor. Because remember, right. what, once somebody at his level. Once you're mayor, you're only a heartbeat away from becoming governor. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens, James. We thank you for the uh, for the call. Oh, but wait, James. Let me. I almost forgot and did not answer your question. So first of all, 
his sexuality, right? So this was 20 years ago. This was before gay marriage. This was during a time when coming out of the quote-unquote closet could end your political career, right? Remember the times that, that this happened. So he had to, McGreevy had to stand there in front of his wife at a news conference and admit that his gay lover was trying to blackmail him. And that's when he resigned. It was humiliating. It was national. It was international. It was a worst case scenario for any politician, for any politician. And the allegation was that he had met his lover, a male lover uh, in Israel and brought him back and was trying to make him the director of Homeland Security in New Jersey. And that's a violation of, you know, uh, the public trust, using public dollars for, for personal gain. And so the lover tried to blackmail him. And that's when McGreevy had no choice. It was either be blackmailed or come out and tell the world. And he decided to come out and tell the world and uh, went through a bitter divorce from his second wife. And, um, you know, frankly, I've often wondered to myself, and I would never ask this man this question because I wouldn't want someone to ask me this, to ask me the same question. But I've often wondered to myself, how could his wife not know that he was gay? You know, but apparently some women don't know, James. I mean... Do you find that odd or no? No, I don't find it odd because, you know, back in the day, like you said, look back then, men and women, they hit it very, they hide it real hard. You you really can't tell because I know some episodes where they say, they say, oh, come on, he switched or the way he talked, he had to know. But I don't know, they'd be naive or don't want to know. They just don't know, I guess. I don't know. Right. Well, James, thank you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Carl. Carl is actually calling from Jersey City, New Jersey. Good morning to you, sir. You are on the other side of midnight. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, Carl is not there. Let's go to Matt on line two. Good morning, Matt. What's on your mind? No, I, I might be misunderstanding this, but he said when he was five years old, he... Uh had questions about sexuality, and then when he was eight years old, he knew? Yes. That means when he was in preschool, he had questions, and when he was in second grade, and he knew he was gay. Matt, I, I've known kids very, very young that it was clear that, you know, so I, I, I you have a problem believing that? I don't. You, you don't get sexual feelings until you're in puberty. I don't know how you can, well, he, he I don't know how you can say that. He didn't say sexual feelings. He said that he knew when he was five or six and then had a better reality at eight or nine. He never once so said sexual feelings. A better reality about what? He knew the reality that he was gay. That doesn't mean that you have to have sexual feelings. It just means that you prefer, you know, your sex over the other sex. But that doesn't mean necessarily that it's a sexual feeling. But you don't buy that. I don't really, no, I don't really understand that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll try it one last time before I move on to the next call. 
Uh, again, well, you can move on. Well, I, I just don't understand it, but okay. I don't think I'm really going to understand it. But okay. thanks for okay. explaining it. Thanks okay. for, well, thanks for well, your thank uh, you. talking. Thank you thanks. for your call. Folks, you are listening to The Other Side of Midnight. Dominic Carter in for the great Frank Morano. Frank has the uh, the morning off. We are taking your telephone calls. I want to go to line one, and I'm waiting for the name to pop up on the screen here. Let's go to call in New Jersey. Good morning, call. Dominic, hi. Uh, uh, yes, I'm a Jersey City native. I was born in the Margaret Haig Hospital. I graduated from PS27 and Dickinson High School, and I worked as an usher on okay, weekends. Okay, call. So, oh, okay, okay. Well, what's your point? What's your point? Well, 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 frankly, the point is just to become related to or let everybody know that you're listening to a genuine Jersey City native. And uh, I wanted to name, if I can, it'll go, it'll go back to maybe uh, Governor McGroovey, McGroovey oh. and I'm sure he knows okay. these names. Okay, okay. The Stanley Theater, look, I worked under two managers, Mr. Okay, okay. call, 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 call. I don't see the relevance at all oh, of what you're... Well, okay, well, thank, well, thank you for the call. Let's go, let's go to Mary in New Jersey. Good morning, Mary. You are on the other side of midnight. What's on your mind? Mary, are you with me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I do, Mary. Go right ahead. Oh, good, good. Okay, um, back in the day, I was never a supporter, but when I heard him speak tonight, I was humble. I was so impressed by him, and all I can say is, I mean, I believe him, and uh, all I can say is, that is the sound of grace. That so what 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 is what is it, Mary? It's you know you know I I find I find it compelling what you're stating. What did you find humbling of what of what uh, Mr. McGreevy had to say? Oh, well, first of all, all the details that he had. I mean, you could tell that he had this experience of working with people, and uh, that that was really what mattered to him. And I'm not easily led, but I I believed him. And uh, so I'm impressed that he had all of the details of what you had to do for people, that kind of thing. And also, um, he just had, there was something in his voice that you could tell there was peace inside him. Well, you know what, what? I agree. I agree with you, Mary. And he is known for having the details the in particular yep. details of uh of what he knows the issues like the back of his hand and that's one of the things that he is credited with knowing thank you for the call mary dominic carter here with you on the other side of midnight and for frank morano when we come back the issue of breast cancer we are going to go to florida We're going to chat with a woman by the name of Tamara Tucci. 48 hours from now, she is going to have a double mastectomy. I'll be right back.